Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments. And get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you. Dr. Mo, we're approaching the new year, and in years past, it was standard to set lofty resolutions and spend time reflecting. Whether it was travel, relationships, weight loss, or personal goals, maybe it's better if we approach it differently this year. In preparation for this discussion, we became more and more excited because of the emphasis and focus on positivity in your practice. It's what we all need right now. We read that you take inspiration and direction from American clinical psychologist, Dr. Mary Pfeiffer, by asking the question, how can we use your strengths to solve this problem? So let's use that as we launch into this episode. Collectively, how can we use our strengths as we stare down 2021? Yes, great question. And I appreciate us looking at things that are positive. I think that's needed right now. There's different ways to assess strengths with assessments and uh, different evaluations online. The one way that I think is really helpful is identifying them first and needing a way to do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in order to act on them purposefully, we need to know what they are. And one fun way of doing that, unique way of doing that is noticing things that come easily to you, like things that you do where you feel like it brings you joy or energy, Yeah. things you can do where you kind of can lose yourself in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like say people are kind of a creative nature and they do scrapbooking. Like you can lose yourself in that and it brings you joy, energy. Well, there's, that's a hint. Like those are hints basically to tell you what your strengths are. Sure. That could imply organization or creativity. Where if you lose yourself in a book of a certain topic, that probably, that's a hint of your strength. Like you are good at learning that subject. That makes sense. So pay attention to that and if it brings energy and then look at the strengths. So those are... That's how you use strengths. Like if you know what they are, you can purposely act on them. That makes sense. It's, it's a natural, yeah, it's a natural gift that you're given. And then in turn, yes. it's a hobby or something that translates and use those gifts. Right. So that's how you use them. And that's so essential for enjoying life and mental health. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to practice? Yeah. So I'm from Arizona. I grew up there. I came here in 2005 to go to UK because I wanted to go to that graduate school in counseling psychology. I graduated with my PhD in 2012, and then I was licensed in 2013. So two really important people in my life that led me to this practice. One is my she's my mentor, friend, Dr. Dorothy Brockup. She actually works here. Okay. She's a professor emeritus from College of Nursing. And Karen Hill, who is, of course, the COO. Sure. And the two of them basically helped me obtain this job because That's they great. supported me. Yeah, she's been really supportive of our team and, and mm-hmm. um, helpful. Really? 
yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. She is really good at identifying, speaking of strengths, she's good at identifying strengths in people, like seeing, meeting you, like knowing what you're good at mm-hmm. and then applying you to it. Yeah, sure. So that's, that's a special gift right there. Well, let's jump right in. We want to cover a lot and take advantage of this time with you. A lot of people will relate to this. So let me be frank. Where do I start with processing the unmet expectations of 2020? I love that question. In fact, unmet expectations is something that comes up so, so much in therapy. I do therapy all day, every day during the week. And unmet expectations is what a lot of times is it causes a good amount of emotional distress. Yeah. So as far as processing them, learning from them, but more importantly is learning to not have them so much. Mm-hmm. Ah. Like planning is fine, okay. but if we plan things, so a lot of people had planned vacations this year that were not met. Mm-hmm. And so planning, it's fine, looking forward to it, getting excited for it. You know, in a sense, that's fine, but expecting things to go smoothly, expecting things to work out Mm -hmm. is actually pretty dangerous. And it sounds kind of strange to lower your expectations in life, right? Because you don't want to say, expect things not to work out either. Yeah, right. But as far as processing them, we want to learn from them. So looking back, there's a famous psychologist, Eric Erickson, says, There's opportunity in a crisis. I mean, a lot of us have had unmet expectations. So let's look at those. Moving forward, it's like, hmm, where can I let go of expectations? And then what to do with that? And what you do with them, instead of having expectations, you replace them with something that's healthier, adaptable, more based in reality, which is things like hope Mm -hmm. and curiosity. That makes so sense. hope doesn't disappoint, right? Yeah, Ever. yeah. Expectations, yes, set yourself up for disaster. You know, hope doesn't disappoint. I like that. Me too. Yeah, that's, that's that, a great That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's more effective. <laughs> yeah. So what is it exactly about the expectation that is so universally difficult to accept and overcome when it doesn't happen? I think you've touched on that a little bit about you kind of set yourself this bar of what your expectation is, and then your reality may not meet that. So you've got a gap, right? Yeah, there definitely is a gap. What is so not to have them and replace them with hope or curiosity is healthy, but we also have to look at why we do that. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to accept reality because of this undertone, undercurrent of lack of control in life. So, again, one of the most common things that come up in therapy is letting go of control or not assuming we have it. So that's actually, and it's easy to say, it's hard to do because there's so much fear there. Like if we think about the saying, we don't have any control over anyone else except ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we actually don't have a lot of control in life in general, and that's really scary. Yeah. That's why it's hard to accept reality. It's accepting we don't have a lot of control over anything. So we do need to, anytime we stop a behavior, you have to replace it with something. So instead of assuming we have control, we have to replace it with something. So it's looking at, okay, I don't have much control in life, but I do have some. 
how can I maximize that? Yeah. Learn from mistakes, look at what I can do, try to adapt and accept reality because I know it's good for me, those sort of things. But that's why belief in something bigger than you is so important. Right. Yeah, yeah. Something bigger, you know, I believe in God, something, whatever yeah. the case may be, is turning things over to something bigger. You know, say Baptist organization, right? We have our role here. That's wonderful, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we're just one person. We do our part. And then organizational things we turn over to the organization. So knowing your lack of control, but accepting it. And then turning control over something bigger. Yeah, that makes sense. So that, that makes it easier. Yeah. Speaking as a parent, I have two young kids of my own. And I think part of what a lot of people have struggled with this year and exactly what you're talking about with the lack of control is understanding that there have been things this year that have impacted our children that we can't control. And I think as a parent, that's hard. Because you want, yeah, you want to protect and control and you want to help them avoid heartache and disappointment. And I think this year, a lot of parents have really been smacked with the fact that we can't do that. So what's your advice right. to parents? Well, okay. So I don't have kids. I love kids. Love people. I don't have kids, <laughs> but I do know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do know that feeling of sense of loss of control that's really disconcerting and stressful. The best thing you can possibly do is ask yourself, whatever the frustration is, ask yourself, what is my role in that? So say something is being taught in schools that are taught to your kids and you don't approve at all, you ask yourself, what is my role in that? Okay. Is there a channel, PTA group, or talking to a principal higher up? Is it making sure to just be clear and talk to your kids when they are home so they learn what you want them to be learning? Mm -hmm. Sure. Is it leaning on your spouse to work as a team to talk to your child and teach them something? You know, you find your role in it, in the, in the mess kind of. That makes and sense. You, yeah. You do your best in that. That that makes a lot of sense. That's the the sort of limit in my parenting skills. Probably. <laughs> well, that <laughs> makes that Bless makes you. good sense. So, how do I take then all of these unmet expectations of this year and move it positively into this new year without taking all the discouragement with me or letting the past year color the year that's to come? Right. So. For any, this applies to now more than ever in a grand sense, but for any ill feelings or, you know, negative thoughts, there are ways to replace it that are healthy. So unmet expectations, you feel very down and negative because you're disappointed. But so depending on the feeling is what is knowing how to replace it. So Again, with the vacation example, highly disappointed that the vacation, some vacation you're looking forward to didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Well, replacing the disappointment with with hope and realistic thinking. Mm -hmm. So logically, you can say the chance of me taking a vacation in the future, yeah, that's pretty high. Mm -hmm. So instead of disappointment, you replace it with, the hope and the curiosity. So, well, accepting reality, okay, that happened. 
Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we are living in logical sense. We're living in a historical time of a pandemic. Okay, mm-hmm. logically, yes, that makes sense. So, replacing the feeling of disappointment with hope and curiosity, mm-hmm. I'm curious about when. I can do that vacation in the future. I'm curious to see what kind of vacation we can do, say, as a family, but maybe in a different way. I'm curious to use creativity to see what we can do as a family to get downtime. So that's the best way to go into 2021, at least in one way. Letting go of things is accepting reality, moving forward to but positivity is hope and curiosity. So yeah, that's just one way sure. to do that. That's a great segue into this next question because we can acknowledge the, this pandemic and the impact that's had on everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's been a global collective event. How important is it to keep a larger perspective? Very, like essential. Yes. So yeah. much of mental health is just perspective. I don't know much about, well, I just know this famous psychologist, Toll Eckert, he talked about that. Mm-hmm. So how you think of it, how you think of life and things in the moment will dictate how stressed you are. So it's kind of like, you know, some TED talk I saw, and I don't remember who that was. Your mindset is like, if your mind is the computer, your mindset, the way you're thinking, this in a grand scheme of things, is the software you're running on your computer. So it is important to choose the proper mindset, something that's more effective, something that's more positive. So, for example, the more stuck we feel in the pandemic, the more important it is to focus how we are not stuck in the grand scheme of things. Okay, so kind of flipping um, it on its head. Outlets. The more lonely we feel in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. the more important it is to connect with others on the phone social media, yeah. that, even writing old-fashioned letters. Yeah. Know? And then one other one is the more frustrated you feel in the pandemic being restricted, the more important it is to see the problem on a larger scale that this too shall pass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This will blow over. In the grand scheme of things, we're in a pandemic. Yeah. But also, it will blow over. Vaccines are working. You know, we need to be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that applies. It has broad applications, right? Even outside the pandemic. I'm just thinking personally as you're talking, how when you're in that moment of disappointment or frustration or fear, it feels so consuming. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly right. We, I mean, you know, just in your human experience as a as a person that you've been through things and they pass and then you've been through other things and those pass too. But in the moment, it feels like it's going to overtake you. Yes. Kendra and I both have been through divorces this year. Yeah. And what you're saying applies. And, you know, we mentioned off, off tape that we're both good friends in Mm -hmm. addition to being Mm co-hosts. So what you're saying just will be things that we resonate and, Mm -hmm. and talk about and apply to our life as well. Yeah, yeah, these, and you're right, like these are things that apply in a general sense. Mm-hmm. And just, it's kind of like a segue, it's kind of like a tangent, but not really. So there are replacements for whatever ill feeling you have. So in the moment when you feel really anxious, the opposite of anxiety is action. So you worry, worry, worry about something, you just start and take action, that helps. For depression, the opposite of depression is hope. Okay. When you're depressed, you don't see any hope, and then acting on it, you find hope. So 
we're talking about sort of ways out of the stress. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing you say is that you kind of turn it on its head. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 There's a, it's a great, you flip it. So there's always an alternative to the ill feeling or thought. And you keep always. larger perspective and rec- recognize those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. We should be growing a lot then, right? Because you're... Yeah. Broken. <laughs> Well, growth in a crisis, so we should yeah. be growing a lot right now. Yeah, so that's <laughs> even a, if we don't want to. So that's a great transition too to self reflection. This is mm-hmm. really the crux of any personal growth. This beginning with the awareness of yourself and your circumstances, and then a willingness to evaluate that and make some changes. And I think self reflection has become kind of a therapy buzzword to the general public. But how do you actually get started, and what does self reflection look like? So there are many ways to do this as well. And I think one thing as psychologist, therapist, it's really good to keep things simple when we can. So I'm going to sort of refer back to acting on things that bring you energy. So that is self-reflection. It is looking at things that bring you energy. That's self-reflection in the sense of identifying strengths and things you can use to enjoy life more. You act on those, you feel better. Mm -hmm. So one thing that comes to mind is something that's kind of fun to do too. Have you ever done the pay it forward thing? Like if... uh, yeah. Or even start it like if you're in a drive through. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you pay someone for someone's drink or whatever behind you. Sure. That definitely brings joy. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. you feel like kind, and then the person in the drive through gets to tell the person behind you right. something so they're happy, and the person who gets it is yeah. probably happy. Right. Yeah. So that's an example of, you know, really self awareness, something you notice that you feel better, happier when you're kind to others. Okay. So things that you do that, like, I really like organizing, decluttering. So what does that say about me is it's probably important to me to have an organized place Mm -hmm. or something. Maybe I'm good at organization. Some strength is in there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways of self-reflection, but... I think we'll just kind of keep it simple. Yeah, today. that makes good sense. Not flood you with information. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And what I hear you saying is, I hear you saying one to flip the ill feeling on its head, and the other is to really just pay attention to what activities bring you energy, and to be just generally cultivate an awareness mm-hmm. of your activities and your feelings and instead of kind of just trudging through the moment and going on to the next task and the next task, but to really pay attention. Right. Right. Even, you know, things at work like today, anything Mm -hmm. that you're doing, you're noticing that brings you some energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just like laughing about something that a coworker is laughing at. Right. So yeah. So it doesn't have to be hard. It makes life better. It's it's simple. Yeah. I think women especially spend a lot of time thinking about the 
the areas where we can improve or the ways that we're not good enough or the places we fall short. But we don't spend much time in my experience on the ways that we're succeeding and the parts of ourselves that are the strongest. So why is it important, especially for women, to take the time to identify those areas and then lean into them? What bigger picture impacts does that have on mental health and relationships? The bigger picture and why that's so important mm-hmm. is when you act on those things that bring joy, energy, some value, and those also tie into strengths, that serves as a buffer to stress. Okay. So, yes, it's like a preventative measure to stress. So if you uh, – have you heard that phrase, joy comes in the morning? Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So – very, that's when you start the day out like that, joy for one person may be different than another, but Mm -hmm. starting out with something positive, it's important to me that I make my bed every day. Like nobody sees it except my dog, right? But (laughs) for some reason, like I feel productive. I do that one gesture, right? Where someone else is like, "Eh, what's the point? It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Starting the day out, doing things that are important to you, So, like, a positive thought, not listening to the news, but listening to something good. I don't tend to listen to anything in the morning Mm because I like the quiet. Mm -hmm. Starting the day acting on values is another way Mm -hmm. you can look at that. See, it's so interesting how values and strengths are synonymous a lot of times with joy Mm -hmm. and good mental health. Acting on those brings about mental health. So when you act on those, especially earlier in the day, it's like setting the stage for the day. You're going to be less stressed later and rocked if something is, you know, throws you off when you've already set that foundation of, you know, I acted on values. Mm-hmm. Like if health is especially important to you, mm-hmm. right, you, you don't have to do something massive and significant, but you take say you took your vitamins and you went for like a 15 minute walk. So that is setting the stage for the day. And it it may seem weird at first, but it does tie into your strengths. You're maybe someone who is good at walking, is good at running, is good at some sort of, you know, there's a strength buried in there that you have to notice. Mm -hmm. So maybe creating some kind of a morning routine focused around things that... Very important. Yeah, and and committing to that as we go into the new year to try to make that a priority in the mornings to to set up your day. Mm-hmm. Because we have to break the habit too of thinking that if we suffer, suffer now, keep suffering, it's somehow going to pay off later. Mm-hmm. Oof. That that's really dangerous, and that leads to stress, depression, anxiety. So, oh, and one thing I was going to say, sort of the flipping it on its head thing, especially for women, but you know, men too. Mm-hmm. If you have that mind, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. I don't know where to start. You can get stuck there or you can identify a way out. Like I know that starting a bit on each little thing helps me feel better. Okay. I know that doing the most pressing issue first thing in the day, the one that bothers me the most, mm-hmm. I will feel a little bit better. So that kind of goes back to getting out of the tension, but yeah. Yeah. That was a tangent a little bit. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. The end of the year 
is a natural time for self-reflection as people are looking back on the year past and reflecting on their highs and lows. What advice or encouragement can you offer to someone looking back on this year, a year that for many was really hard and filled with a lot of loss or uncertainty? This sounds a little easy to say, hard to do, but there is so much opportunity for growth here. But, you know, that, that phrase of opportunity for growth in a crisis is very, very true. Mm. So, for example, learning about how you act, who you are mm-hmm. during something like this, like a pandemic. So asking yourself, what are you learning about yourself mm-hmm. living through this pandemic? There's a lot of, speaking of self-reflection, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. So, again, in therapy, a lot of people are more than ever, it seems, thinking about a job change hmm. or going back to school yeah. or focusing more on, on health because this really, you know, put a pause on a lot of things that we normally do, right? So a lot of outlets that we had before, social, otherwise, was stopped. So it was a really test. It was a test of yourself. Let's look back and see what you, you know, how you do in a crisis, yeah. How do you adapt? What's a strength that stands out? What's something you notice about yourself that's a need in your life? I've done a lot of self-reflecting and thinking, you know, how do I want to move forward in my career? Mm-hmm. It gives you pause to think about what else you'd like to be doing in life. So I think that's really helpful and important right now. Do you think that's because we've used those activities or the, the things that we used to fill our schedules with as a distraction? And so we just, yeah, we just didn't take the time before. And now it's almost like our hand has been forced to sit still. Well, you know know more about this than me, but well, you know, I was a kid too, but when we were putting time out, right. Yeah. Think about what we've done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're being punished. Right. So go think about what you've done. That's, that's an important discipline tool, right? I mean, we do kind of feel like we're being punished right now, unfortunately. Yeah. But I can see why parents would use that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that and makes... reflect and learn. Yeah. Take a few moments of quiet time, sure. Yeah, it's that whole, we don't like stillness. Right. You know, we don't, we don't like quiet. It makes us uncomfortable because you have to confront things when you're quiet. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to distract than it is to deal. Right. And we do a lot of, too much distracting. Yeah. So there's an advantage there. And being put on pause, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to look at what did you think about mm-hmm. consider when you were put on pause. That that would say a lot about someone, mm-hmm. right? Something important. Yeah. Tested our response. All right. Goal setting. Everyone does it, especially as yeah. it relates to New Year's resolutions, from lists to notepad entries on your phone, even mental daydreams. What perspective and advice can you provide about goals in general, specifically as we head into 2021? So small obtainable goals are the best thing you can do. So if you hadn't already heard of SMART goals, Mm -hmm. the acronym S-M-A-R-T, that is is created by a man, Duran, back in early 80s. It's a very effective way of setting goals in a way that will set you up for success, right? So Mm -hmm. things that set you up for failure in life, I would say are really lofty goals because how many times we've done that and failed and felt terrible. Right. And, you know, back to the expectations thing, having those. So we want to avoid those behaviors and instead small obtainable goals, but part of that is that it's realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, yes, we're still in a pandemic, so that might change the way you set them. But I'll just say and give you an example how to do this. And you can do this on your own. It can be fun if you're into goal setting. Mm -hmm. Some people may not enjoy it, but I think, yeah, most people do, especially in er, beginning of the year. Yeah. So SMART goals, it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, Time-Based. Okay. So number one goal in the new year is probably things like what weight loss mm-hmm. yeah, or something to do with money or yeah. I'll just pick weight loss. Okay. So the first one, S is for specific. You want it to be very, very specific. And this is something that's not that needs to be short term too. Mm-hmm. So say you want to lose 20 pounds in the big picture, you want to set something like, I want to lose three pounds before, what's today? Yeah, before January. Mm-hmm. Three pounds. So that's specific. Mm-hmm. And then measure, so you're going to do this again later. You, set, you do one smart goal at a time. M is measurable. That's things like what you can see to measure. You're journaling what you eat. You're using a fitness app. Fitness Pal, or you are exercising three times a week. That's the goal to shoot for. Measurable has those layers. Yeah. A is for attainable. Make sure you can reasonably accomplish this within the time frame, Mm -hmm. right? So you're not going to say lose 20 pounds by January 1st because that's not reasonable or attainable in a healthy way. So R is relevant. Your goal should align with your values. So what okay. is your value here in long-term objective? Mm-hmm. Value is health. Value is feeling good. Value, long-term objective is to whatever your main why is. You have to have a why to feel good and lighter and healthier in your body. And then T is the last one. It's time-based. Mm-hmm. You set a realistic end date. Mm-hmm. So that's, I said, what, January one. And side note, but in relevance to mental health, the best way to build self-esteem is setting and achieving small goals. Mm-hmm. So that's like another reward that comes out of this when you're setting your SMART goals. In specific, I mean, it's specific to 2021 in the sense of you have to be able to do this. Sure, right. When the gyms are either closed or you have to wear a mask while you work out. Which yeah is not fun for a lot of us. Yeah, that makes sense. Can we conclude this episode with some advice that we can put into practice? How can we move forward with focus? Yeah, so I would I would answer that kind of in the sense of summarizing what we have talked about today and hopefully some things we've learned today. Mm-hmm. One is... Replacing our expectations with hope and curiosity. Yes. I would say identify things that bring you joy, sort of fill your tank, Mm -hmm. and to act on those, to look for the strengths that you have in those things that come naturally to you. Remembering that acting on these strengths or things that bring joy are important to promote and protect your mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you do the goal setting, do smart goals, not lofty goals. Yeah. I like that. Well, in her book, The Green Boat, Dr. Pfeiffer writes, acceptance 
is the end of our argument. Once we face the facts, no matter how disturbing they are, we feel calmer and less crazy. The clarity is defined as the capacity to fear accurately. I can honestly tell you, Dr. Mo, that after this conversation, Kendra and I both feel prepared and ready to face 2021. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? I think what you hit on there, the acceptance is, yes, it is difficult to do, but is a cornerstone of mental health, acceptance of reality. That does include the lack of control that we have and finding our role in the solution. But it's not for nothing. The reward, like you said, is feeling calmer and honestly just better. So we can fully accept the best we can that we are getting through a pandemic, fully accept that patience and adaptation, having hope and so on is needed Mm -hmm. very helpful and I would say remembering this too shall pass and that saying has been around for a long time I know Abraham Lincoln said it but someone said it before that I just think that's really important to remember right now and to be particularly kind to ourselves now when it's easier to be stressed sure yeah Well, Dr. Mo, we have really enjoyed this conversation. How can people get in touch with you? I wouldn't mind emails. I'm in the Baptist system, of course, but it's my first name, Mm K-R-I-S-T-A dot M-O-E at B-H-S-I dot com. So if people want to talk to me or ask questions in general about mental health, I'm open to that. Okay, great. Great. Well, thank you so much. Again, we've really enjoyed the conversation, and I know it's going to help a lot of people. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment, and Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit BaptistHealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health. Be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. To find a Baptist Health provider, please visit baptisthealth.com.